3: Weekend edition of the show here, and we got a lot to get into here today. Last night, some of you might have watched the Conor McGregor fight. Apparently a bunch of you, especially those of you on the West Coast, couldn't get it. And in fact, I had the same problem. I ordered it just fine. Then when it came time to watch it, I was told there was a billing error or something. And And I tried, and I tried, and I tried. And finally I was like, forget it! So I clicked the link to go, and I filled out everything to get a a uh, refund and I was ready to just call dave to do the show and i thought you know what i'm going to try it one more time then it worked so i watched the pay-per-view so if you didn't see it or if you did we could talk about that show conor mcgregor knocked out for the first time in his career at least in mixed martial arts floyd mayweather i believe there's a tko finish as well but anyway we could talk about that as well as all of the news in pro wrestling And mixed martial arts. We knew, we did, uh, we do now have a date for the Revolution pay-per-view, AW Revolution. They moved the date as a result of a bunch of different things, actually. We'll tell you about it in a moment. But the new date is going to be March 7th, which interestingly enough is a Sunday. Now, normally AW runs on Saturday nights. I like Saturday night pay-per-views. I've gotten used to Saturday night AW pay-per-views, but I mean, Sunday for the last couple of decades has traditionally been pay-per-view day. So I guess we're going to run this and find out how things do. Obviously, if the show does like 500,000 buys, which it won't, Sunday's the day. If the show does exactly the same, then you make your decision. Do we want it on a Sunday or Saturday from this point forward? So that's a show that we know will include Darby, Allen, and Sting against Ricky Starks and Brian Cage in a street fight. Sting is wrestling on this pay-per-view so a lot of stuff to get into we'll do phone calls we're going to talk to mike twitch homies give us your feedback all after the break wrestling observer live
0: ah, buying some pretzel sticks excuse me this is your wake-up call from track wireless Okay. What if you didn't eat all those pretzel sticks by the end of the month, so this store took them back? Uh, good luck. That's how some wireless companies are with your data, but TrackPhone Wireless gives you unlimited carryover data with active service, so you keep what you pay for. Hmm. Plans start at $20 a month. Wow, that's cool. Uh, sir, are you bothering the customers? Hang on. This is your wake-up call, people. Uh, TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. Available at major retailers. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com. Do you own a timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you can no longer afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to Timeshare Exit, call 877-WE-DO-EXIT. That's 877-WE-DO-EXIT. Why pay for something you aren't using? Give us a call at 877-WE-DO-EXIT or visit newtonexit.com today.
2: And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long flow can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. So, traffic
4: has been crazy lately, right? And rush hour? Forget it. Nobody wants to let you
5: merge onto the highway. <laughs> but, hey, somebody let you merge or you wouldn't be there, so... Drivers <laughs> who
2: switch to Progressive could save big! Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: You are listening to
2: Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Even though he was a significant betting underdog going into Saturday's UFC 257, Dustin Poirier silenced his critics once again, defeating Conor McGregor. A second-round TKO to set himself up for a future UFC lightweight title shot. Gregor edge Poirier in the first round, showing his hand speed, connecting flush. But then he was taken apart by leg kicks, and that was the end of him. I understand Connor being an under, or uh, Poirier being the underdog here because the first time they fought, Connor blitzed him. But this Connor guy has got a lot of problems. He's had a lot of problems for a long time. And when you have a lot of problems, you fall off the cliff fast. And I'm not saying that he's done, but he very well may be done. I mean, we'll see. He's going to fight again. He blamed it on, uh, what was the word that he used? Inactivity. Inactivity. I'm like, yeah, inactivity, no good for Connor McGregor. And not strictly from a fighting sense. But anyway, that's what happened. I attribute this more to Connor's lifestyle choices than anything else but that's what happened so there you go hard to remain hungry when you get
4: all that money um and it's hard to remain on task when you are hit from the side with things that are out of your control like covid and things that are in your control like going out and then getting in trouble and then having a bunch of legal issues and this that and the third and he's who knows what's going to happen? This doesn't stop a, a Pacquiao-Conor McGregor boxing match from drawing at all. Certainly not. But, you know, as far as Conor McGregor, a mixed martial artist, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. what the, His actions will speak a lot louder than his words, and his words are going to be pretty loud, uh, I'm sure. But... We'll see. Uh, he's already angling for a third fight with Poirier. Poirier is obviously would be all for that as well, too. Hopefully, if that happens, ESPN will have all of their issues worked out as far as ordering the pay-per-view goes. So that's pretty much that. You know, the, the bottom line of all of this is Khabib is not coming back to fight either one of them.
3: And that may be the bottom line coming out of last night. Somebody in the Twitch chat here says, this has got to be it for him, right? Let me tell you something about Connor and guys like Connor. This might be the end for him as like a great fighter, but I'm going to tell you something. This guy could lose his next 10 fights, and that 11th fight is still going to draw because he's Conor McGregor. He's got a big mouth. That's just the way it is in fighting. Crying out loud, Mike Tyson just did a big number for an exhibition fight in his 50s because it's Mike Tyson. That's just the way things go. Now, will he ever be a champion again? Who knows? I would say probably not, but you never know. But will he draw the next time he fights? Absolutely. And especially when you start getting to where he is now, where he's not like a, a championship caliber level fighter. Now what you do is you just make all these fights against other guys that aren't championship caliber fighters. But like, people would want to see these two dudes fight. Whether there's anything on the line. Like, uh, the, the Cerrone. I mean, Cerrone's probably not going to be in contention anytime soon, but like, Cowboy Cerrone, McGregor, tons of interest. You put uh, McGregor in there with, I don't know, find some other guy, make all these goofy fights that they just happen to be the same weight, and they're going to draw. That's it.
4: Yeah, but in this environment, even though you would want that because you're ESPN or the UFC and you have Conor under contract, if you're Conor or maybe even the general public, would you rather see him fight uh, the freak show? Would you rather see him fight the Pacquiao's? Would you rather see him fight a... I'm just throwing a name out there, Paulie Malignaggi, just because he's always run his mouth. But you know, whoever the next person is going to be, one of the Paul brothers, maybe both of the Paul brothers at the same time. You know, I wonder what the what the appetite is going to be for that, as far as fans go, as well as Connor looking at the bottom line in his pocketbook over anything else.
3: Connor is going to choose the most lucrative fight, and UFC is going to choose the most lucrative fight. That's it, and the fans are going to complain. And they're gonna say that it sucks. And they don't want to see it, and they're
4: gonna Sports buy it. Dying. <laughs> it's, I always love that one for, for boxing. You look, you go back, and you look at stories from the '30s, and, and things being played on, you know, Nickelodeons, and you know, oh God, they're killing the sport, and you know that this fight's going to do, it and that's fight. There's always something that's going to kill fighting, and it never ends up killing fighting whatsoever because there's always going to be room to have the freak show fight or room to have the big money. For no other reason except for it's a glossy fight, as well as, you know, real honest-to-God fights. You know, the Demetrius Johnsons of the world will never go away. There's always going to be a place for them, and there's always going to be a reason to watch those guys fight and compete, and it's awesome. But the fight business is built on the the big main event, and we're seeing that with UFC now. They have a zillion and one shows. How many of them get recognized? And no matter what you think about Conor, he's still a draw.
3: We had SmackDown on Friday night, which actually did a huge number. And, of course, these are the overnight, so the actual numbers are going to be in on Tuesday. But normally the actual numbers are even higher. But 2.284 million viewers in the first hour, 2.280 in the second hour. So the show did a 2.282 million average, which is the best the show has done since the post-WrestleMania 36 edition of the show now what did i think of the show i enjoyed the show now i had a friend of mine that did not enjoy the show and the conclusion was that well if you enjoyed the show it's probably these wwe shows are so horrible that like this one stood out as being better than the horrible ones whatever the case was i enjoyed this show and i don't know why it did so well I mean, there was Roman Reigns all over the show. That probably helped. And there was, I don't know what else that would really well, draw yeah. people. I don't know if there's a science behind this
4: or not, but look at people, you know, maybe just want to decompress after all of this stuff with politics and the news cycle and everything else, where maybe they just went, okay, now this week is over with. We didn't have a lot of drama with the inauguration, let me just watch my show this weekend, and let me just relax and, and be cool with that. Maybe that was the reason on Wednesday. I don't know, because I don't know what uh, the,
3: the whole realm of TV was, but that certainly could be the case. Well, All I of- know is the stuff with Roman Reigns is uh, excellent, and we finally got our Roman Reigns-Scrap Daddy match, although it wasn't much of a match, but at least we got it. I do wish that they would stop burying Adam Pierce. For real. If I have to hear one more time that this guy couldn't make it in WWE and all this other BS, drives me crazy. I mean, he's in WWE right now. Right? In a, in a power position. So why are you burying this
4: guy? If this guy wasn't good enough to get in as a wrestler, why is he there now if he was such a, a waste of space? It's just, it's silly. And I, the way I'll spin this and the silver lining I'd like to put on it, because I always was an Adam Pearce fan, is, hey, he got to main event against Roman Reigns on a nationally televised wrestling show. So good good for Adam Pearce. Yeah, yeah that guy's wrestled in him, WWE now. So he yeah, was good exactly. enough to make it. Damn right.
3: There you go. So hopefully we can be done with that, although we we never really will be, will we? So if you want to talk about SmackDown today, we can talk about individual segments. We've also got this coming Wednesday, the AEW show. They've announced Young Bucks and the Good Brothers, which will be interesting. Against Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, Alex Reynolds. We got Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. Dax Harwood against the Jungle Boy. Hangman Page versus Ryan Nemeth, and Chris Jericho and MJF will be facing the Varsity Blondes, and Britt Baker is also facing Shanna. So that's the lineup for the show coming up. We also have interview segments. I think Moxley is doing an interview, and Sting and Darby are going to do an interview to hype up the street fight. So a lot of things going into Wednesday's AW, which also did an extraordinarily good number going head-to-head with the inauguration, or at least the news of the inauguration, which... The news shows were gigantic, but 850-something thousand viewers for that show, very, very good number.
4: Don't have a lot to add to that. And we talked about it a little bit a couple of days ago. You know, they, they've they been in the 700,000s. They obviously dropped a little bit with some of the things that was going on with the news, but, you know, 800,000 is their target in the same way that 700,000 is the ultimate target every week for NXT right now.
3: So what we're going to do, everybody, when we're this break, is I'm going to turn the phone lines on early. Double the calls on this program today. Get your thoughts on everything. So here's how to do it. You can still text us if you want to. Just different numbers. Text message 425-780-7566. Phone calls 844-913-2727. Back in a moment, Live. Observer Live. <laughs>
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting
3: Network. Hey, the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Well, here's a clip you can take out of context, although I'll give you the context right now. I hate WWE booking. God, it sucks. You know what they're doing on Raw Monday? What's that? Well, they're doing a match. Where Matt Riddle is going to try to run the Hurt Business gauntlet, Mm. and if he does, he gets a championship match against Bobby Lashley.
4: Why are they doing this?
3: Two weeks after they had a match, and Bobby Lashley beat him. Yeah. We're shooting the angle two weeks after we did the match. Makes sense. Bro. Except not at all. They're also doing the Asuka-Alexa Bliss
4: championship match. Well, you know, you got to have something in there to make the Hurt Business, you know, run into each other like the Three Stooges. And then Shelton and Cedric can argue because WWE is insane and they cannot help themselves with tag teams,
3: whether they be baby faces or heels. you got to fight with each other. If I know anything about this company, Riddle will not run the gauntlet, but he will still get a championship match. Mm. That's my prediction. It's very possible. This is going to go. Well, the phone lines are screaming right now. Uh-oh. So we're going to go to the phones. Don't be an idiot. Just ask a decent question. I'm talking to you, Honolulu. You're on the air.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. Well,
6: shout out to the coach. i This David from Honolulu. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on, like, because you missed on the Dynamite card. We got a Cody versus Shaq segment. I just want to see what your thoughts about that is. Uh, thank you.
3: Yeah, thanks for the call. My thoughts on a Cody versus Shaq segment? Hopefully it's a lot more exciting than the last thing that
4: Shaq was involved with, where he ended up with a face full of water and a dumb look on his face. Is
3: that the first time that guy gave his name, by the way? No, I think he has. I think before. he said it was David. Well, hmm. he'll, he'll always be crunchy in the Twitch chat. Anyway, I'll be perfectly honest with you. My head is vacuous when it comes to thinking about what's going to happen in the Cody Shaq segment. I haven't vacuous. thought about it for one second. I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. Maybe they'll have a cinematic match at the pay per view, but I doubt it. <laughs> it's, it's, I would it's bet fast that as Shaq moves, they might want to. He'll say something about Jade and Red Velvet, and maybe that match will be set up. Man, hopefully, like maybe Cody can
4: get Donovan Mitchell out there to like be stand at his side to offset Shaq. I know that's a, not going to be a good reference for you, Brian, but Shaq and Donovan Mitchell had a little bit of an exchange on TNT, so maybe the Cody can drag them out there and. We can get a whole big mix
3: of things going before the All-Star break. Yes, Tanner, you're on the air. Both of you got in before Ryan, by the way, so congratulations.
1: Hey, thank you. Uh, go Chiefs,
6: first of all, and uh, I'm gonna have a question and I don't want to get buried for it, but I've called about this man
1: before.
3: No, about- are you. this better not be the gambler. I muted him. Why? This better not be the gambler. I'm gonna bring you back on. No,
6: it's, yes? No, it was about, it's about Hoovy. Okay. Oh, that's the gambler. Okay, so it's about Hoovi, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because the seed was kind of planted on the first dynamite whenever Chris Jericho brought him up, recounting the match, and I'm just kind of going off of AEW does things for a reason. And Hoovy has been talking about AEW a lot more, so my question is, what what do you what would you think about a Hoovi return to TNT? I personally would, I mean, he's my favorite wrestler of all time, so I'd be really excited for it, but I know that you're kind of like mixed on him. Well, I just want to kind of know your thoughts and if there's like a possibility in your eyes. That's All right.
3: It. Well, I want to thank you very much for the call. So, a couple of things here. So, first off, when normally, yes, if there's a storyline and they're kind of leading you in a direction or whatever, they don't do things without a reason, without any sort of reason. But if we're talking Chris Jericho doing commentary, he's going to say whatever comes to his mind. And it's not necessarily going to have anything to do with anything. So I do not believe that Chris Jericho name-dropping Hoovey was planting any seed for Hoovie to go to AEW. On the flip side, I'm sure Hoovy talks about AEW every day. I'm sure he'd love to go to AEW. I'm sure he would. But my gut tells me, my gut tells me, I have no inside information. I'm skeptical that we're going to see a lot of Hoovy in AEW. Is Hoovy still
4: associated with Triple A? I don't know what the layout is there. Is he still uh, aligned with them? Not sure. That would help the
3: cause, obviously. I I haven't been that following Hoovy all that closely. It's, it's, I'm it's sure a, somebody can give me a Hoovy update.
4: I was going to say, anybody that's been following the juice there, just don't tie it in with the gambler, one of the greatest WCW enhancement talents, well, slants, of here, you carpenters idiot. of all
3: time. How dare you, Brian? Well, I know who's not going to be able to tell me about Hoovy, and that's Ryan. Yes, Ryan. I have any question on the AEW uh, invasion? Why hasn't it moved the impact viewership like it has for, say, when WCW did an invasion that
0: did like great numbers? But this is sort of like falling flat.
3: Well, I want to thank you very much for the call, Ryan. That one's so bad, was it? That was a good question, Mike. Was it? Well, yeah. one of the
4: reasons why is I don't know who has HD net. That's one of the big issues with Impact. Unfortunately, is they don't have a whole lot of clearance HDNet? everywhere. HD
3: net. I'll tell you Is how many it, people ahead. have HD net?
4: Zero. Well, access, access. <laughs> See, so I'm sorry. I'm still stuck in the past there, but how many people have access TV? Unfortunately, it's a limited product and it's a, it's got limited reach. So that's one of the issues that, that hurts it a lot. And look, we have not seen if those guys on AEW, it, it, I don't know what it's going to take. It, this isn't an invasion. We're not seeing multiples of guys on every week. We're not seeing run-ins and impact matches on the regular or any of that stuff. It's just it's a working relationship with Kenny Omega bouncing back and forth, and it's just the way it works in 2020. I don't know exactly what Ryan wants out of the viewership or how much it's supposed to spike. Maybe you could have asked him that. What percentage are we supposed to be looking for here as this improvement to impact? The
3: other thing also, everybody, is, we don't know we don't know how it really has affected impact because impact is available on many different platforms. And yes, we get the access TV numbers, but the access TV numbers not really budging. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how the numbers have done on Twitch. And the other thing too is a lot of the segments where AW stars have appeared on Impact, not all of them, but many of them, especially the beginning. I mean, you could just go up and watch them on social media. And not have to watch Impact. So a lot of people have seen those segments. But yes, it is not translated into viewership for Impact Wrestling. Now, what we don't know also is how did that last Impact pay-per-view do where Kenny Omega was in the main event when they did that six-man? I don't know how it did. Maybe it did better than usual. Maybe it didn't. Obviously, the way that this is designed, AW is the stronger promotion of the two. And so, quite frankly, the way that things are going back and forth, if anything, the idea that there's an invasion, regardless of who it's with, but just invasions are fun if you do them right, I mean, theoretically, that may boost AEW way more than impact, because AEW is much more accessible. I mean, if you've got cable, you got TNT, whereas, I mean, I had to actually buy Sling TV to get Access TV, because my YouTube TV didn't have it. So there's a lot of people that just don't have the channel. So maybe it's helped a little. Maybe it hasn't. Obviously, it's not lit impact on, on fire, but certainly more people are talking about impact more than they were before. So things take time.
4: Maybe if I go back in time some more on channel names, I can start calling NBC Sportsnet before it dies the Outdoor Life channel again. Remember back in the day when it changed over into becoming verses, and it was the home of WEC programming? It's like it's like another world ago, and it really wasn't all that long ago. What's it been now, 10 years or something like that, but it seems like several lifetimes.
3: Let's go to Tony. You're on the air. What's going on? Or as I like to call him, Anthony.
6: Brian, Mike, homies, what's going on? Sam, Donovan Mitchell, no. If you want to get a, a basketball player, go aside Shaq with Cody. You get the guy who's pretty much a wrestler at this point, the process, Joel Embiid. But I digress. Brian, Mike, do you remember I was on the show I think a week ago and I said uh, that Raw is so bad it's so good, and you can find entertainment in it. Well, I don't, actually, I don't
3: remember that call because I would have sure. belittled you. Well, you kind of. Well, did.
6: you did to a degree. Okay. But I come here a humble man. I do apologize. Uh, I take. You that said Raw back. was so because... bad
3: it was good.
6: Yeah,
4: it's like the Nitro approach where. where it's like was what was I? What was I doing? Do?
6: Was I
3: chatting Listen, with the chat while you were rambling about Raw being so bad it's good? <laughs> Your brain was breaking coming up well, with me, a
6: response. Well, well, let me tell you this, okay? Let me tell you this. After this Monday, uh, I take that statement back. The Fiend and Elixir Bliss have absolute go-away heat with me. More than Triple H's reign of terror. More than Jeff Jarrett in TNA. More than Baron Corbin ever. And if you want a demographic or a demo, uh, I work with people who are aged range 25 to 50 which is the 18 to 49 and the over 50, and some of them are wrestling fans, and they have told me straight up that The Fiend is the reason they stop watching WWE because it's just unrealistic and stupid. And every time I'm watching, even out of the corner of my eye, and I see The Fiend or Alexa Bliss, I just get mad. It's awful television. And the only time I've ever found The Fiend entertaining is when people no-sell them. And the only two people who ever no sold The Fiend were Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. But beyond that, it's just horrible television. Well, and Goldberg.
3: Well, listen, buddy, I want to thank you very much for the call. Here's here's the deal. I, I'm always I'm always skeptical of... I've done this before myself, but, I mean, my friend told me this, or I had friends that said this, or whatever. Antidotal things. Yes, listen. You know how I know that The Fiend thing isn't all that great? Because wow. the third hour of Raw on Monday did like 1.6 million viewers, and it had zero football competition, and there was there was nothing else on TV that anybody cared about in any real numbers, and people still weren't watching to see this Alexa Bliss match wow. with. I mean, listen, you know how I know it wasn't going well. Hold on, to I, got I, mean, I got one other thing. I got one other thing. Well, I mean, as far as like running people off or making people interested or not, but here's the thing. So. What Was I going to say? You, you threw off my train of thought, Mike. Now you turned into me. God, look at you! <laughs> Something about I got CTE. What's your fiend? And and Alexa. Hey, hey. going hit that music at any hold second that now. Thought. Hold that no, thought. No, I'm not boy. holding that thought. I got to got to bring the thought back. Then I can hold it. What was he talking about? I'm not helping you. <laughs> Something about how the fiend sucks. I remember that much. <laughs> It's so bad, it's good. No, it wasn't that either. What? Scott's purposely not playing the music here, so I have to just sit here and try to remember what I was going to say.
4: What's the score? Check check the score of the game. We're not going to get the score. Try to gather your thoughts. All right. Well, I'm going to
3: get it when I come back from the break. Stick around, everybody. Observer
6: Live.
0: Are you looking for great sports memorabilia with the fastest shipping in the industry? Check out auctionofchampions.com. The fastest growing sports memorabilia auction house in the country, Auction of Champions has a huge variety of PSA 10-graded rookie cards, the largest selection of Fanatics licensed jerseys, and the best customer service in the business. With all items authenticated by third-party companies like JSA and Beckett, you'll love Auction of Champions. Check out auctionofchampions.com.
1: 877 That's 877
2: you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back right in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. I get talking, and Mike jumps in with some gobbledygook and ruins my train of thought. Derails the show. Yeah. Well, I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. Unlike you, I actually remembered what I was gonna say. Oh yeah? So the other thing is Bloke said mm-hmm. was that he has friends who have told him that they have quit wrestling because of the fiend. Okay. This is another one that I always I'm like, come on. Well. Now, let's say that you love wrestling. You love WWE. You're one of these nerds that goes on my timeline <laughs> and just goes crazy, okay? One dumb character is not going to make you quit wrestling. There's nobody on this planet that loved WWE, but man, they saw that fiend and they quit. Okay? Now, let's say you watch a show and it sucks every week and nothing makes sense and it's nonsensical and it's three hours long and you're your breaking point and all of a sudden you see this grown woman in makeup on a swing set. All right, fine, you quit. But it's not like, it was The Fiend. The show sucked. And finally, there was something where you could take no more. But if this were 1997, WWF, maybe the greatest year in WWF history, and you're watching all of these great storylines, US versus Canada, and you're hearing about this awesome stuff like Sean and Brett getting fights backstage, and sunny days, and super kicks over wheelchairs. And also, they bring out The Fiend. You're like, ah, I'm done with this wrestling thing. Zero people would ever do that. Because what I would do is, well, when The Fiend came on, I'd go read a book. I'd come back and watch the rest of the show. You know what I'm saying? The problem is the show is terrible, and on top of that, you've got a fiend. That's the issue here. Do you understand what I'm saying? You were better off just letting me cut you off. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. Nope. You
4: never know what somebody's breaking point is going to be, and you're right. If The Fiend did come out there in 97, it wouldn't have been the thing. Look how many wacky things did happen in 97, but sometimes all of those things start to work on somebody, and they throw their hands up, and they go, what the hell am I even watching anymore? And maybe they just got to that point. You know, I've, I've seen so much wacky stuff this isn't going to be the thing that pushes me away or anything like that. But it's one of those things that just as a fan, you know, forget about as a wrestling fan and I'm not Mr. TV viewer or anything like that at all. I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV, but just from an entertainment point of view, I don't see how this is, is working out at all. And there's been plenty of other angles that are completely ridiculous or you have to really chuck your pro, your old pro wrestling brain away to get into or to try to follow. But I mean, this from any standpoint, I just don't see how it's clicking, and I will be surprised. We'll see how the rating goes this week. It held up pretty good, you know, it was pretty good last week coming off of Randy's burn. Uh, we'll see how it is after this week, but it just there was so much nonsensical stuff that just didn't make any sense and required too much explanation or, or too much overthought. That I just no, thank you.
3: You want to text us, 425-780-7566. That is 425-780-7566. You can email me, Brian at WrestlingObserver.com. The person says, for me, the straw breaking the camel's back was Alexa no selling on Monday. Raw has been terrible for quite a while. And then to have someone who had a reign of terror increase power for another long reign of terror made me just give up. Also, the Firefly Funhouse It's extremely cringe. See, I wouldn't mind the funhouse if the guy just came out and wrestled. But the funhouse, and then that leads to magic? Not my jam. But
4: the funhouse is all about magic. There's all these sorts of fake characters there, you know, that are, and, and Adam Pierce walks in and he's a postman all of a sudden. I mean, they even played it like that. Remember with Vince, you got to go, you got to go into his universe, pal. It's just, there's so many of these universes that, that swirl around in this WWE universe that it's just, it's, again, they all clunk together. And
3: a lot of times that just ain't jiving. person here says, this is classic. He says, what's funnier To wrestle in, a VFW hall, a high school, gym, or a backyard. And then he corrects himself. He meant to say funner. You got me there, buddy.
4: What's more funner to wrestle at? Well, I
3: really enjoyed wrestling at at the Endfest Festival and in the Tacoma Dome Exhibition Hall. But I did enjoy a backyard match here or there. Thank you for asking, my friend. Now, go take an English class. Brian. Stop saying Alexa Bliss. You're making my Amazon Alexa go off every time, and it keeps saying goodnight to me. Why does it say goodnight to you, buddy? Yeah, every time that Brian says Alexa, maybe you should do
4: something with your Alexa. So then every time Brian says Alexa, your Alexa won't go off.
3: This person here says a cinematic Shaq match sounds incredible. I think it'd be huge. Shaq is a living meme. Well, kinda. He is a walking cartoon character in a lot of ways. So, Cody, I'm gonna take you out. First says, "How do you not remember this guy? I remember you cut a promo on this guy for saying Raw was so bad it's good. Mystery Science Theater, the room. Well, I mean, I remember the caller calls every day, but that particular statement, I must have just must have just gone in one ear and out the other, in one Wait. mouth and out the other."
4: This, show, this is, this shows a lot like, you know, what Ernie Ladd would say about booking and the the story Jim Cornette would always tell that Ernie Ladd would say, your brain is like a sponge and sometimes you must go and ring it out. And sometimes, you know, at the end of the week, now it's my, time to the go ahead and
3: ring out these phone calls. Mike, my brain is so big that there's like stuff all over the place. Oh, yeah. The mental imagine, giant. yeah. Let's imagine, Mike. Plants. Let's imagine, yeah. okay. Let's imagine your house. You've got a bookshelf with two books in it. Death of WCW. And the Bible. These are two random books. And I say, hey, Mike, Mm -hmm. go in there and grab the Bible. Well, boom, you got it immediately. Now, let's say that I send you into the Library of Congress. I said, go grab me the Crucible. Bro, you'll be in there for 10 hours trying to find that thing. That's the problem with my giant brain. Uh You'd be better off telling me to go find the depth of WCW in there and I can go right for the receptacle and pull it out for you. Let's go to the phones here. Richard is on the air. Yes, Richard. Uh,
6: this is actually Anthony from North Dakota, but I'm calling to it ask. It says Richard know.
3: from Jamestown, North Dakota. Is that wrong? Uh,
6: it's Anthony from, uh, Jamestown. Yes, North but do these Dakota. names and cities father. mean
3: anything <laughs> to you or has your phone been hacked? That's my dad. Okay. I don't know why his name is on my phone. but
4: um, He's paying for it. Admit it. It's fine. My question
3: fine.
6: is, what are, what's AEW's uh, chances of winning all of the major Observer Awards, including the negative ones, like worst match? Because I think Sammy
3: Guevara and Matt Hardy could win that one. Um, thanks. All right. I want to thank you very much for the call. I don't think Matt Hardy and Sammy's winning worst match. I mean, maybe most disgusting promotional tactic, but, I mean, it's gonna be, that's going to be a tough award to <laughs> – that's going to be a uh, – what do they call
1: it? 50-horse race?
3: Yeah, it's a lot of competition on that one there. So anyway, um, I think that AEW is going to win a ton of awards, probably the vast majority of the good ones, maybe yeah. a couple of the bad ones. But if I had to guess, I would say that the vast majority of the positive awards will go to AEW. The vast majority of the negative awards will go to WWE with a spattering of positive awards going to New Japan and a spattering of negative awards also going to New Japan. That'll be the awards. <laughs> way to way to weigh everything out there. Look, WWE and, and AEW had the most profile
4: with everything that was going on because there are going to be a lot of Japanese fans that are fans of different smaller promotions, and they will say that this person was Booker of the Year, that this team or this wrestler should deserve an award more than Tony Khan or anybody on the AEW or WWE rosters but you know unfortunately for those folks you know the the big dogs in the race are getting going to get the most attention even New Japan uh who had a certainly a, a very sketchy year uh when it comes to once the covid deal happened and they had to kind of reset everything so it's really a lot of the attention on these awards is going to be 100% on AEW
3: and WWE as everybody knows here we're, we're talking about a bad match and a guy being knocked out for too long and allowed to continue versus firing multiple people versus in a pandemic yeah there's a lot of real I bet life you anything that was winning for-
4: yeah, I mean, look, Matt Hardy hitting his head. There, there were a lot of things that AEW. I mean, look, there's every year there's a laundry list of things that should not have been done. You know, should not have been done in, in every single promotion uh, across the world. But you know, the the ones WWE is always again. This is where, for right or wrong, you know, they're the biggest ones and they do the the most high profile things. So their stuff is always going to stick out a lot more
3: than anybody else's. It says. The Fiend was the most refreshing gimmick in years when he first showed up at SummerSlam. Now he has the most go-away heat for me. Well, yes, because the character, I have no problem with the character. I have a problem with what they do with the character. The mask is awesome. The idea behind the character. I don't even mind the guy maskless doing a Firefly Funhouse, but then doing matches as a heel with the mask on. But once you start bringing magic into it, it's all off the rails for me.
4: They haven't been able to find the right balance for me, and I think I'm like most people. They just have not been able to find the right balance, and I've been open-minded to a lot of this stuff. I think there's a lot of it that is so unique and so incredible, but there are just times where it's like, man, it's too bad. This is not – 19, even 1994, certainly even earlier than that, you know, in 1984 – this character would have been bananas because we've seen the Kevin Sullivan's and Abdul, the butchers and the sheep herders and guys like that. They go from place to place and you can utilize a character like this without it getting too long in the tooth or without it wearing out. It's welcome. But unfortunately right now we don't have that. And they're trying to get really creative at a time where they feel as though they can, because they're, they have all of this cinematic, you know, that we've, we've got cinematic productions and we don't have fans and, and all this stuff, but they are just pulling themselves so far away from pro wrestling that it's just, you know, it doesn't make for a coherent show anymore. And again, like I said a little bit earlier on, too, it's not just the pro wrestling mind. These just aren't very good entertainment shows, I don't believe, either.
3: First, here's, uh, why is it easier to explain pornography on my TV rather than a wrestling angle? Well, the pornography storyline is pretty simple. Uh, yeah. uh, there's Should two you people really... attracted to each other, and then they copulate. Yeah, it's. Uh... I mean, the only way to screw it up is that there are two people attracted to each other, and then a third party runs in and prevents copulation, and that's the end of the movie. Is there a David Lynch of porn? for Who heat? Who would
4: that be? Who would that be
3: then? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure. I'm pretty sure that that storyline does not exist in any porn ever. Mm. But if WWE shot porn, that's how they'd all end. They had Gregory Dark on staff to do See No Evil. So this person says CM Punk versus Connor. Come on, Brian. It's money. Also, please bring back the bath mat that you wore the other day. That wasn't a bath mat, thank you. <laughs> bath mat. I did see a really funny thing though. Paisley what? likes watching videos of stupid animals or goofy animal things on on YouTube. So yeah. I was watching this video and there's a mop. You know what a mop is? Yes. Yeah. So all of a sudden the mop comes to life. It's actually a dog. They put a handle next to it because the dog looked like a mop. Ah. Uh. That was better than anything I've seen on Raw in all of 2020, was the mop that turned into a dog. Did Perry Perry Saturn pop out and then pick it up and marry it? No, actually, he didn't. It'd be pretty funny, actually, if at the end of the day, his mop ended up being a dog. Then at least it would have made sense why he loved it so much. He didn't just love a mop. There's a porn it would be difficult to explain. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. What did you think this person says of Reginald and Sasha Banks' gymnastics routine on SmackDown? Well, I thought it was a gymnastics routine. As a gymnastics routine, I was entertained. As a match... It was preposterous. It's completely ridiculous. I liked it. Like, Reginald. Reginald is allowed to go for violent moves. He just cannot finish the violent move. Like, he can grab her and lift her to powerbomb her to death, but then she's got to turn into an arm drag. And this dude's running around and he's doing flips and he's spinning around and it was very wacky. Man, went through, it was through
4: his legs, didn't pick her up by the hair or the head, made sure to pick her up right underneath the, uh, Right underneath her arms and and scooped her up, so it was what. Look, I, I can't remember who uttered the line "cirque de somaliere,"
3: but that's what I it did. Was that and, line. Well, I think they said well it over on, a week
4: ago. Corey well, Graves they, yes. said it
3: last night, but I'm pretty sure he stole it for me as well, it's usual. Po- it's
4: possible that he did, but it was a it was a good line, no matter who gets credit for it. And I thought the match
3: was fun. It for doesn't what matter it who gets credit. So. I said it, but anyway. You know, here's the thing that that just drives me nuts. Well, I know why it doesn't happen, because there's no forward thinking, but if you know this Reginald does, like, a lot of flips and everything, can we just have one vignette where, you know, Carmela's in Vegas at the Cirque show, and she finds this guy? So, like, at least we know why he does all these flips. As yes, it is. It's like, she shows up with this fella, says it's her sommelier, but, like, he's no good at anything but flips. Anyway. All I know is we're out of time. We are. Here on Sunday. But fear not, everybody. Tomorrow's Monday, so things should get back to normal. And we'll talk about Raw and whatever else is on your mind. And it'll be a fun time. For more, WrestlingObserver.com. 1990 main event tonight with Brian, Vinny, and Craig. Buster Douglas all over the show. I remember this one vividly. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks, Mike, as always. Callers and listeners, Twitch homies, everybody in the studio. Scott, we'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live.